0: Welcome to the Right Sound Podcast, with Arya Deslets and Colin C.
1: Hey, we're back. It's been a, a little bit, but we've returned.
0: Yeah. As has everyone, into <laughs> the inside. <laughs> yes. So, we decided to talk about Perception today because i think as an artist sometimes you get lost in your own perception of things and i think sometimes that can be a hindrance but we were discussing this over the song electric avenue
1: yeah rachel started humming it around (laughs) the house and i was like you're you're humming electric avenue
0: (laughs) and i was like yeah i know
1: so One thing leads to another, and you you end up on Wikipedia, and you end up looking for little trivias and little information bits about the song. And uh, we kind of discovered something that I I didn't know about Eddie Grant. Obviously, Rachel didn't know about Eddie Grant either.
0: I just knew the song. (laughs) I'm not a musician, so I don't, I don't know. I memorize weird lyrics. I mean, it's not necessarily weird, but...
1: Well, from an American perspective, since it is a a song about as we'll talk about uh, you know england uh we have a very you know detached perception of of the song yeah. to us it's a fun it's a fun radio song that you know it, it pops up in places and you it gets stuck in your head and you're not really too concerned if for lack of a better word about the the context of the song right
0: also it depends on how old you are <laughs> Like, that yes, came out definitely. before I was born, so for me, I, I was not aware of the background of it at all. It was just something that was occasionally on the radio or would play at weddings, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's a little weird to think about.
0: It is essentially a protest song about the Brixton riots in 1981, which is still very relevant today because the Brixton riots were about the uh, police brutality no, yeah. which sucks that we're still talking about it twenty years, uh, forty years later.
1: That's a whole other podcast. That's
0: a whole other <laughs> podcast.
1: And it's funny too because you know, like he has out in the streets there are violence, but you know, when it's sung to you in such a upbeat kind of way with a nice beat to it that you 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 know the the tropey thing people say is that like the the kids don't ever get the protest songs. You know, they just absorb them into oh yeah, it's fun. But the reality is, is that like what art really isn't protest. Yeah, um, there's a a song by a band called Skunk Nancy that is called "Yes, It's Effing Political," <laughs> and I think that kind of sums up how I feel about a lot of music.
0: Yeah, you end up putting a lot of yourself into your art, and that includes your viewpoints, the way that you perceive the world.
1: Right, and so that perception as we talk about it is you can't really ever anticipate what the audience is going to perceive from that work that you do, you know, whether or not you write a book or you write a screenplay for a movie or a a song song
0: that'll (laughs) end up being used in weddings. Yeah. So that perception is something that's completely out of the artist's control, which is a little scary to think about if you're like me and crave control. Because I, I want people to perceive things the way that I present them, but I know not everyone will. And that's something that you a little bit have to surrender to your audience in th- those instances.
1: I think there's a, m- a moment in creativity where you, ha- yeah, you have to kind of think of it as like, you know, what I got out of the process of creating is not going to be always what the audience is going to get out of it.
0: We were also looking at just kind of the, the facts about the song. And what's interesting is that he wrote to my understanding based on the wikipedia and you know it can be edited by anyone but anyway is that he wrote a bunch of music and he was traveling on an airplane back uh to barbados
1: yeah he's moving to barbados
0: moving to barbados he loses his luggage that has his latest tracks gone as an artist, like that terrifies me. But then he quickly wrote um, "Electric Avenue" shortly thereafter, and an interesting pull quote that I, I grabbed is: "I don't make demos. I try to record everything in one take. You may not get perfection, but you get an urgency." And that to me is is interesting because so we we came up when we were talking about how he lost his album. He lost all of his music in the luggage. We were we were talking about how. It's so interesting that he then wrote Electric Avenue because a lot of artists would be so downtrodden after losing their, their stuff, yeah. myself included. Me too. But it also brought up this idea of like everything you do is a precursor to something awesome.
1: I remember when we found that out when we were sitting there, it's just like that that was a big lightning bolt that hit me. It's like, you really can't anticipate through your perception again, like, okay, this body of work I'm doing, is that, is that it? Is this the greatest thing I'm doing? Is this going to resonate with an audience? Is my perception of it going to be mirrored by the audience? And I think we get a lot caught up in that. And we get caught up in the body of work, and not really thinking, you know, that there's going to be stuff beyond this. And trying to keep that in your in your mindset it's like yeah if i'm writing an album this isn't the album that's the end of it it might feel like that in the sense of like the gravity of what you're doing but to keep that perception that this isn't it and you don't know what's going to hit and you don't know what's going to resonate and yeah you can spend hours and days and years almost on a project and at the end of the day maybe the thing that took 20 minutes to make is the thing that resonates with an audience I like those little moments and little little trivias because it it makes me feel better about my own work and the body of work that I leave in the wake of doing this. You know, I'm 39 now and I've been writing songs since I was a little teenager. So
0: I was on Twitter. Rarely am I on Twitter, but I was on Twitter the other day and saw a bunch of writers talking about when was their success? When did they break through? And the average answer was Novel 4. I am past this, which terrifies me. But there's actually some other authors that have been doing it for a really long time. And some authors said it wasn't until Novel 12, Novel 15, you know. it's So the average seems to be 4, but that's not the reality for everyone. And I think that for your perception you have to continue going and doing what you like to do because at the end of the day if it doesn't sell you still have to feel good about it
1: yeah there's the as we've talked before the commodification of art and keeping that as far away from the creative process as possible yeah and this idea that you know like you said four average of four like who cares (laughs) not everyone is that there's i'm sure Plenty of authors who have way more than that beyond them.
0: So let's take a brief break to talk about our sponsor, Banana Cat. She is in the corner crunching on some delicious cat food.
1: Some who follow me on Instagram might know her as Studio Cat because she does spend quite a lot of her time as my studio assistant. And by studio assistant, I mean cat that ends up snoring and confusing me as to whether or not the snores are coming from what i'm working on
0: (laughs) if anyone is listening and has cat food that they want banana cat to test out (laughs) and want to be sponsored on our podcast
1: she's
0: she's very good at interrupting things
1: yeah we're open to sponsorships by the way so reach out
0: (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that I was thinking about on the perception side when we were talking about Electric Avenue and the way that you perceive your own work, but also how disheartening it would be to have to start over was brought to mind um, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, which is a great young adult novel that has to deal with uh, OCD and obsessive thoughts. So if anyone has a family member that is suffering from that, I highly recommend reading it to better understand what they're going through because it was the perfect written rendition of spiraling thoughts that i've i've ever read but anyway uh there's this there's this quote in it maybe you don't get to choose what's in the picture but you decide the frame and i think for this that applies a lot because he didn't get to choose to lose his luggage Hmm. but he chose to reframe so that he started something new, you know that he he decided to move it and focus on on going forward instead of regretting the loss, which I think is very powerful
1: right and I, I think as a creative person, you have to embrace that a lot. you have to roll in a sense roll with the punches because you don't know.
0: Banana is now behind Colin and distracting him. You have to enjoy the chaos,
1: right? You have to be—I I, want to enjoy it, yes—but also be able to understand it enough to manipulate the moment to suit the creative goal, right? Because that's exactly what he did. It's not stopping him from writing a song. Yeah, it's just throwing a wrench into it. Right, yeah, so and I think a lot of problems that people have early on in creativity is that they don't know how to deal with that. There's a lot of necessity of perfection. I need to be in this specific place, I need to have this these items I need then I can then I can do my art, right, and we've talked about that I think briefly before, but that's a perfect example. If you look at the way that uh success falls upon people, I don't think there's a really a way to plan for that you can always plan to have the best intentions but a lot of success <laughs> a lot of success that you see out there is not uh always the plan
0: when you don't you don't ever know what way that's going to be successful because like with Electric Avenue, if he knew that people were dancing to it at weddings, I don't think that's what he ever had in mind.
1: Does when, any, yeah. I've,
0: obviously, that wasn't what he had in mind when he was talking about police brutality.
1: Perception with music, its you have to be kind of comfortable with the fact that people are going to misinterpret things. The general population isn't going to be able to tune in and be as uh, perceptive to what you're you're trying to get across unless it's really on the nose Mm -hmm. you know like i mentioned skunk and Nancy, and that's pretty on the nose (laughs) if you say it is everything is political then that's that's making a statement but i i think that a lot of art ends up well let me say this i think the best art is the stuff that is open to interpretation for good or bad
0: yeah once like at the end of the Giver. Is he alive or is he not? Is the sled real or is it just a memory?
1: It's so funny to me that you know a lot of things that are left open ended are really kind of not well received by the general population. Oh,
0: people hate open endings.
1: But I love them. I I, I don't understand the, the the need to have everything laid out for you. I love gestating on an idea that somebody will leave me with, especially with film or a book.
0: Yeah. I think there was one movie more recently that we watched that was a horror movie. And I think it's really hard to pull off with horror open endings with horror because it's like you either want them to like make it or not. You know, you kinda you kinda wanna know like I don't know. It's so um I don't wanna spoil the ending of Save Yourselves, but I <laughs> I, we watched that, and it was an interesting movie because these cute little deadly puffballs that are literally murderous little puffballs. But um, that ending, I was just, I was watching, and I was going, really? That's that's where they're ending it? And I don't even think that it was open to, it, was the, it wasn't the fact that it was open to interpretation, because I, I don't think it was open to interpretation. It's the fact that you don't, you literally have, there's, no idea what's happening next. So, like, like at the end of The Giver, you can either be the pessimist or the optimist, right? You have the two options. And I think that's why I like open endings, is when you can have that debate about what happens next, but Save Yourselves is so v- vaguely vague that you you can't even speculate.
1: I think they were trying to be really just metaphorical. And I also don't think of that as a horror movie. I thought that was more of a comedy.
0: <laughs> well, it, I, it's... I mean, people do die in it, so it's a a dark comedy.
1: It's a horror comedy.
0: So on the note of Perception, I actually have a novella that is new episodes are getting published every Friday on Kindle's new platform, Vela. The first three are available for free. It is a young adult novella about a time loop, which already deals with perception, where it's not told from the person's perspective who is reliving every day but it's told from the perspective of someone who's resetting every day in that environment it's only nine episodes long so definitely check it out the first three are free and then it's a pay per episode thereafter which i have no idea how that platform's gonna do but i'm one of those people that i like to dip my foot in the water and yeah, just test it
1: you should especially with new tech and i would just say not to inflate your ego but it is some of the best writing that you've done so far Thank you. I quite enjoyed reading it. Yeah.
0: And he's not a young adult reader. So. I am not. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering. I read
1: weird sci-fi. My favorite author is Jeff Noon.
0: And what have you been up to?
1: I just released my latest album as Slider. It's called Void, and it's a great little collection of nine songs that kind of wrap up some some ideas that I've been, I've been working on since 2017. So I'm quite happy to kind of close off that chapter and have three slider records kind of feel like a, a trilogy if you will
0: and i have spoken word on it yeah it's true just to be a little bit of a narcissist
1: <laughs> we're also toying with the idea of, of doing a spoken, a spoken word. word album for you and yeah I'll, i'm gonna do some textural like ambient background things for her, so it can be fun
0: we're toying with with the idea of um phobias fears I have a subject. lot of things that I'm terrified about. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. And that's
1: the great thing about art is that it allows you the opportunity to explore those fears in a way that's safe. safe. I think that's what draws a lot of people to the horror genre as well, too, because it lets them get out all of that apprehension and, and fears of mortality.
0: I'm never going to get rid of that apprehension and fear of mortality. You
1: don't know. Maybe at the end of doing the spoken word thing, you might feel a little more catharsis towards it.
0: Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think that concludes this week's episode, this month's episode. This year's episode. Year's (laughs) episode.
1: (laughs) Obviously, we don't really have a, a format of scheduling these things. They're kind of just... I think, and that's good too, because they they happen when they happen, because there's su- this is yeah. supposed to be conversational. This isn't supposed to be a put on in a big production. So
0: yeah, it's when we see something that really resonates with us, yeah, and we creatively, want,
1: and, and we want to have that conversation in, in a public sense. So yeah,
0: and we hope we hope that this helps some artists stop just just go, just do it. Yeah, just keep moving forward
1: don't forget that your your perception is just that and everyone's going to have a different one
0: lose your luggage yeah Ooh, that's well that's
1: a whole other thing is you could you know starting over yeah sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad i'm
0: gonna have to do that with one of my novels maybe we'll have a ceremonial burning of it in a fire (laughs) pit and then i can just resonate our uh what is it called when you rise resurrect it from the ashes
1: yeah all right well thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time
0: whenever that may be stay well thank you for listening to the right sound podcast this podcast was produced by the cell studio with theme music by colin c